regular features, a regular, regular, regular features, a regular, regular, regular features, a regular features show. Hello and welcome to the Regular Features Podcast, the podcast that is exactly the same every week. And as every week, my name is Steve Hogarty, the boy with the biggest elbows hi i'm joined by none other than joe scrabbles the man with the smallest dick <laughs> and and also john blythe the knock-kneed tosser who can't sit down for toffee well it's been one entire week since our disarano fueled parade and here we are stumbling blinking into the daylight of 2021, the second podcast of the year, and indeed the best podcast that we've done. What is your feature, Joe? My feature is actually very, uh, I thought, very topical um, because it's about responding to recent acts of political violence and then just very suddenly realised that from when we're recording it, six or seven other horrific things will have happened by the time this actually goes out. So just know that it's about the attack on the Capitol. Enjoy yourselves. My feature is about Cyberpunk 2077. What's your feature about, Log? My feature is about your attack on my Capitol, which is my self-image. And I will be getting someone in to talk to you about it. Because you lot hurt me. You hurt me when you slagged off my shop about four episodes ago. I've been really sitting at home nursing a wound. And you're going to fucking suffer. You little peach. You little peach I'm boy. I'm bruised peach bruise. You bruise me, I will bleed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I know you, that's not what bruising is. Oh, it is what bruising is. If you I, bruise me, you, I'll bleed all over your bloody arms. <laughs> if, you, if you bruise me, I will stab the bruise and just bleed on you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some features. Regular features, come on! Now it's time for Steve's regular feature, Steve's Cyberpunk Adventure. As you all know, I am a big fan of Cyberpunk 2077, the game about what if a robot got into the future and made everything about tits. <laughs> Have you guys heard of this video game? It's very popular. It sounds very interesting. That's a very far-flung year. I mean, choosing a year like that, you'd better have some wacky idea. <laughs> you'd better have some commentary on how society has changed from now. I hope personally that if you're in that year, every billboard in the entire world has either Neon. a picture of a bum or blood <laughs> Or oh, someone not both, not both. But Ooh. sometimes bums and blood. <laughs> and if it doesn't, then nary a cyberpunk game shall you make. Let me tell you. I think there is a billboard with someone who's looking at a bum that's so sexy that their head explodes, mm-hmm. and it's all yes, like eyeballs is. and stuff. Like yeah, um, and it's great. And I think the last time I spoke about Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven on this podcast, 
I'd only played it for four hours and I was pretty down on it, but I've, I've played it a bit more since, since then. And I've actually kind of gotten into it. I've keyed in to the vibe it's going for. Mm-hmm. I've begun to forgive all of its rough edges and its characters. And it's like, okay, I'll take these characters for who they are. You know, it inspired me. It inspired me to write my own <laughs> cyberpunk fan fiction. Am I in it? So I'd like you to help me in a recital of my very own cyberpunk fan fiction. It's a mission. It's actually a mission that I've written. Um, Because, you know, I'm unemployed at the moment. Mm. Uh, I'm pitching to games developers. I want to become like a quest writer. Oh, so it's a a spec script. Yeah. So this, I'm going to send this to CDPC, CDPR, CDP, cyberpunk, Mm -hmm. and uh, on spec. And hopefully... They'll give me a job at the end of it. Just for people who aren't in the industry, spec script stands for special script that Steve wrote. So hopefully it lives up to the name. I hope it's very speckle. Mm. So it stands for spectacular, scriptacular. Oh, yeah. I wish I'd gone for spectacular, not special, which sounds different. <laughs> So tell me again how we're going to lift the brain chip. Fine, I'll go through the plan one last time. First, we slip in here, undetected, through the hollow vent situated on the 97th floor of the Arakama Plaza Twink Rimming Hotel. Then, we'll rub one another up in military-grade fuck lube to slither through the HVAC network. Here and there, like a couple of sneaky worms. Military-grade fuck lube? I thought they stopped making that shit after the end of the Estonian Fleshjack War. Those per-fucking Estonians haven't stopped sliding around the place like penguins since 2051. Every time they try to hold a champagne flute, it whizzes out of their greasy hands like a bar of soap. God damn. Them Estonians got a raw deal. More raw than a dry fuck in a dusty ass. I hear you, brother. We've got a trustworthy fuck loop contact on the Mega Black E market. Goes by the name of Roger Helmer. He's got a crate of that slippy ass shit he's itching to offload before he skips town. Word is he's starting a sexy theme park filled with robot cowboys way out in the desert. Fancy self-lubing kind, naturally. Okay, so we're gliding around this building's insides like a pair of Tenga eggs in an old lady's intestine. Then what? That's where I come in. And who, may I ask, the fucking shit are you? The name's Netboy Pussy Blaster 7000. And I'm your only hope of getting out of Arakama Plaza Twink Ramen Hotel alive. So I'd watch your tone, or else I'll watch it for you. With my tone watching Ocular Implant Chip. <laughs> Easy there. No need to fly off the cyber handle, Mr. Pussy Blaster, sir. Arakama Plaza Twink Rimmen Hotel security specifications are top shelf. As you may have heard, they've been shipping in extra large, illegally modded twinks for years now. Some real grade A boy pussy the feds don't know about. <laughs> Some of these gentlemen are eight feet tall assholes all the way up their back and some of them been rimmed so much they can't even remember their own goddamn names 
if you're to stand any chance of breaching the grid, you'll need my bionic protomatic pulse destabilizers to blow polarize the local energy field and disperse the photonic inhibitors before the network arrays even realize we're there. That's genius. Where did you find this guy? Netboy Pussy Blaster 7000 was a cyber junkie, sir, turning tricks for old zip disks. <laughs> <laughs> Over in Grotbag City. But I saw potential in him. I took him under my wing and I made him the Netboy he is today. Plus, he fucks like a Portuguese dock worker. Got my first taste for Metal Age 6 when my own mother sold my eyes for her last taste of heroin 2.0. Social worker took pretty on me, jammed a couple of old Panasonic camcorders in the scaly brown holes where my eyes used to be. I could only see in 50 hertz, but damned if I couldn't see more clearly than I ever seen before. Wasn't long till I swept out my own hands for a knife and a fork. After that, couldn't help myself. Paid a back alley surgeon, replaced my kneecaps with a pair of zooms. Bribed a Turkish doctor to drop <laughs> to swap out my brain for one of those little waving cats you get in Chinese restaurants. <laughs> Blackmailed a zookeeper to give me a hump. <laughs> it all went downhill. I convinced a GP to lop off my feet. Put a couple of balloon whisks on there. Persuaded a bad masseuse to give me a swan's beak instead of lips. Pressured an off-book dietitian to whittle down my elbows. Coerced a retired PE teacher to surgically insert a pressure cooker into my lower back. Badgered a chiropodist to give me one big spring, but I... Don't know where it is. Could go off many time. From there, things only got worse. I forced the dodgy registrar to download my guts into a mason jar, throw them in a lake. Tricked a dubious <laughs> pharmacist to swap my spine for an Atari ST. Strong-armed a mortician into taking my entire body, throwing it in the bin, then placing a 256 gigabyte Tasha hard drive on the table, pointing at it, saying, this is Netboy now. This hard drive is Netboy. Here I am, Netboy Pussy Blaster 7000. Or what's left of him? <laughs> you always did have an eye for the strays. Okay, let's do this heist. We cut to the inside of an air vent in Arakama Plaza. Log and Steve are glistening in fuck lube and whizzing around the vents at speeds of up to 70 miles per hour. Okay, Netboy, we're approaching the objective. Now do the thing now. That we said from before! Netboy disperses the photonic inhibitors, causing Stephen Log to drop from the air vent into a room filled with enemies and other flashing objects, which they can't really tell if they're supposed to collect or what. Everybody is shooting constantly, and it's not clear what's happening on a second-to-second -second basis. Somebody in another part of the level keeps hacking into Steve's eyes. It's really distracting, and for some reason, it causes him to catch fire every ten seconds or so. He pauses the game and Googles cyberpunk overheat attack why and finds 100 posts on Reddit about it. Maybe you've got to shoot the security cameras. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I tried that. I think this yellow half circle on my reticule means something. Like, it looks like it's pointing at something, but I can't see what it is. You need the break line of sight. You're supposed to move during gunfights and use your ability. Have you upgraded your armor yet? Uh, what? Uh, hang on. Oh, fire again. Uh, uh, oh, I'm dead now. Oh, <sighs> okay. Well, that's it. Heist is ruined. Yes, really? That heist is done now. Try again? 
Yeah. Now. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to play Peggle. You know where you are with Peggle. Hello, I'm Gordon Gecko, and I've got the need. The need for greed. That's why I never say no to a second helping of regular features. Now for a slap-up feast. I don't really have an intro to this. All I'm going to say is that it's a hard week to be funny, which is something that I think people have said every week for the last eight to ten months. Speak for yourself. I'm feeling whimsical as shit. I feel giddy. Well, we'll get to that. Because, <laughs> is it the my, oh, is, sorry, is it my fault? <laughs> no, because, no, my point is, it feels like any, I sat down because we were originally going to record this yesterday, which was, of course, the day after um, fucking people ran into a building full of old paintings and it was sad. Which is true. I am actually sad about that. Sounds like I'm making light of it's it. It's mad that it's it's hard to. I couldn't tell which of the various horrible things happening in the world you thought weren't funny were so unfunny that they might dent your ability to do a podcast. It's like take your pick. The guys with big beards that ran into a building and took a plinth, and it was scary. Couple of hot ones. I hate them. Who was the hot? Actually, that's a good feature. Who was the hottest Capitol Hill writer? Was it Jamiroquai this? and Badly Drawn Boy. Yeah, Jamiroquai was hot. Um, and badly Drawn Boy, is he the one holding the plinth, giving a big smile? He's the one holding the plinth, yeah. Yeah, I hate that man's face so much, and I don't know who he is yet. It's amazing. Like, he's Branson as fuck. Yes, young Branson with a plinth. That's who it is. It sounds like a racehorse. <laughs> young Branson with a plinth. Coming up on the inside, it's young Branson with a plinth. It's Jamiroquai and the Viking hordes. <laughs> That's also a good f- race horses with the names of Capitol Hill rioters. Man who takes himself <laughs> in the vault. Uh, and he's dead. <laughs> and he's dead. Let's not laugh at that, but a little bit. Um the uh yeah, so I was writing yesterday and I was like, well, I, I, we can go through various different types of attempted humor. So satire is obviously out because it doesn't exist. Um and trying to sort of like get around the problem you can't really write around that issue without tumbling into the vortex of it and i just kind of went through everything i could to try and be funny and i kept just going oh it's it's there's nothing funny right now i can't be funny and then the only thing left for me as log said Mm -hmm. is pure mighty bush surreal whimsy like you don't you can't confront anything about the real world so what you do is avoid everything and just speak in like silly words um that don't mean anything and you set up a silly world that doesn't exist and you set up silly situations and that's the only way you can get around the current situation so i've written a very short story called the lemon pibwobs (laughs) oh god this is like <laughs> I just this makes me want to go back to the luxury comedy features. Yeah, it's pretty much I've gone for luxury comedy. All right? And this even if it's not funny, I'm not confronting anything. So this is actually therapeutic. So I win either way. Under the garden fence, beyond the long fields that stretch to the sunrise, lies Gupwump Forest. And in Gupwump Forest, in a little house in the shape of a spatula, lived a family called the Lemon Pibwobs. 
and what a funny little family they were. Mother Pibwop had big pockets, which she filled with all sorts of juice from the juice fountain. Grape juice, potato juice, graham juice, but never the juice from the tree that grows hats. Daddy Pibwob worked at the factory with the whole town got its sandwiches. Oh, they made so many sandwiches at the sandwich factory. Grape sandwiches, potato sandwiches, graham sandwiches, (laughs) but never sandwiches made of the hats from the hat tree. Tiny Pibwob, the child Pibwob that... Mother and Daddy Pibwob had made using bubblegum when they realised they were in love. Always sat in bed, playing funny games with his cat, Hank. It's not that Tiny Pibwob was lazy or even very plump. It's just that he had a chronic respiratory condition because his lungs were just bubblegum and would explode badly if he ran around or climbed the family's big circular ladder. Daddy Pibwob had to work extra hard at the sandwich factory to pay for Tiny Pibwob's medication, which was a big balloon that you could fill with prayers and float off to God. Unfortunately, Jonathan Baguette, heir to the Baguette fortune and foreman of the sandwich factory, had begun denying overtime because, in his words, you don't see Mayor Benici del Toro, the leader of Gutwump Forest, asking to be paid more, and he makes sure the wolves don't get in at night. Daddy Pibwob decided to ask his fellow sandwich factory workers to unionise, but was ratted out extremely quickly, and Jonathan Baguette paid scabs to break his fingers at the twilight moon dance when no one would hear his hollers over the sound of the toot horns and the merry hand drums. Unable to make sandwiches with all bent fingers, Daddy Pibwob was shit-canned and couldn't find another job for love, nor money, nor even the thing I forgot to write in that sentence. The hats. Mother Pibwob began to resent her husband for rocking the boat and began secretly (laughs) drinking the juice from the tree that grows hats, the sourest (laughs) and most dangerous juice to eliminate feelings. One day, on the eve of the big parade to celebrate Gupwump's annual hugs day, Mother Pibwob drank too much of the juice and suffered a brain hemorrhage, right in front of Hank the Cat, who ran away. Tiny Pibwob cried and cried and cried, and all his tears came out as moths that flew into the big bedroom candle and burned to death. Daddy Pibwob felt he had no choice. He had tried to do things the right way, but the right way always led to the wrong places. If he couldn't fix things legally, he'd go off book. He knew Jonathan Baguette would be at the Hugs Day Parade on top of the biggest float, which was in the shape of a big bum. (laughs) He knew that the big bum float would round the corner of Tuppence Avenue at at approximately 11 past Framps in the Gup Wump Chocolate Yum Yum time zone. He got his big gun, which he had a license for because it was to shoot the wolves. He found one of Mother Pibwob's big pockets lying around and solemnly slipped his big gun inside. He would have his revenge. It would not be pretty. It would not be right. But he would have it. Nothing else mattered now, not even Tiny Pibwob. But on the way, he slipped over on a peach. Silly Daddy Pibwob, the end.
Oh, the Pibwobs. Oh, I hope to see them again. <laughs> the lemon Pibwobs. The lemon thing fell off quite quickly, but beyond that, I'm happy with how I avoided the world and there are no problems at all. Yeah, do you feel like that was, did that afford you the escapism that you were seeking when you wrote that? What? Why would you ask that, Steve? It was just a funny story. Yeah, Why did you have to read really, into things? It doesn't mean anything. If you read anything into that, you're cynical. Right. <laughs> and I'm fine. Nothing of the real world filtered into your Pibwob story. There was a Hugs Day parade on the, the float was a bump. So if you yeah. think anything, you can read I, into anything. I'm then... a big fan of the bum in that. Just... <laughs> yeah. I think that's why I said bum in the last feature, or whenever I said bum earlier. <laughs> what, just to hypnotise me into compliance? <laughs> I think I've said bum sometimes, because I just think of bums now, because it's so easy. <laughs> it's, 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 it, towards the end, it starts sounding kind of oppressive. I don't know what you mean. I think what's oppressive is that Joe, a straight man, says that bums are easy, and they're <laughs> actually the hardest thing. Well, they're not the hardest. I'm sorry, that's nothing to do with me. Sorry, are you saying... They're, they're, they're disgusting. What do you, you can't put your willy in that. The hardest you? thing. Ooh, it's the hardest thing to get excited about, a big bum hole. Oh, well, now you're leading me down to a situation I don't want to... I don't know what to say anymore, because I don't know if this is... Oh, I don't know you put this in my head. Oh, no, it's gone rotten said- again. I was enjoying the lemon pibwobs, but now you've made it a weird Joe. Why have you, why have you made me so angry and sexy? <laughs> <laughs> no, angry and horny log. <laughs> <laughs> a very wise distinction to make. Sucking on my feet just like you want to be calling me all the time. I'm trying to down my frizzy features behind all Regular features. Regular features. Regular features. Oh! Yeah, it's time for my um, regular feature this week, and I'm not. You had a go at Joe last week, two weeks ago, for having an unenthusiastic first line into a feature. Where's the energy? Well, the, the, well, the problem is this week. I I can't really, for legal reasons, do my feature. I've entered into a sort of. I've had to hire a representative because you kind of upset me and I've got someone to come in. So I'm I'm just going to sit in the background for this one. I'm not leaving the room. I'll be there if you want to talk to me, but I just had to hire a, a representative to just talk. Because, you know, I'm not very confident, so I just need someone who's a bit... A mediator. A, a mediator, yes. Yeah, someone who can sort of like conflict resolution sort of kind. Steve, I think Log's being an absolute prick again. Don't say that. The fucking mediators are... His mediator's not here room. yet, as far I'm, as I understand. Oh. I was listening in the background, and your comments have been duly noted. <gasps> Thanks a lot, Joe, you fucking idiot. I'm but poor, Chucker. I have got a scribe on hand, they will continue to write down what you're saying as I talk. I'm a professional and I have a team underneath me. I'm Buck Porchucker, and you might remember me from episode 333 of the audio adventure show that you're listening to right now on your gramophone mobile. I am the former mayor of Fist World, a place you no doubt remember. Honestly. 
It's an all-time classic feature revolving around a punch-centric universe that I'm sad to say recently punched its own lights out in a colossal punch jamboree that was reviewed in the local tear sheet as a thrilling climax and the solemn yet explosive congregation of a million fists and one unexpected leg. I won't bore you fine gentlemen with the constitutional ins and outs of my hometown, but safe to say that leg set off a chain of legal firecrackers that left everyone legally dead. Anyway, I found myself without a job. A mayor with no town is no mayor at all. And that's just true. You can't be mayor of nowhere. I've tried it. But I workshopped my curriculum vitae with the Citizens Advice Bureau. And I have found myself new, freshly born, and precious in the conflict resolution industry. And I was tickled pinker than the inside of a Doberman's hind leg when I received an email from my good friend and first client, Jonathan Blythe, a fisting buddy of yore from the golden era, who I understand goes in these parts by the name Log. (laughs) It is my client's supposition that in a recent episode of this audio vehicle, this very audio vehicle, that he was subjected in his absence to a barrage of mendacious vituperation and defamation to such a degree that it was bordering on scandalous. A scandal unseen in this county since the latest brassiere was found in the drinking fountain of the municipal car park. I don't remember Buck Porchucker, if I may talk out of turn, Buck, uh, being quite so into the law. I'm very impressed. There's online courses you can take now for as little as forty nine ninety nine. <laughs> what in fist bucks? Fist bucks are plenty. Fist bucks galore. I have <laughs> I have come into a cache of fist bucks in a lagoon underneath my former home <laughs> and i <laughs> your home was built on a lagoon yes <laughs> i like... thought i made this clear in my previous feature oh i don't from know. whence did you I'm think sorry. the liquids filling the huge utter sack that hovered above the town gained its liquious vitreous well, humors buck clearly you've listened to episode 333 very recently <laughs> more recently than i have <laughs> so the level, the leveling of the claims that have been made unto you, brethren, by my client, Jonathan Blythe, the scandalous claims include this, that he did, with malice aforethought, create a website that looked like it was coded by one Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> Two, that he had reused the content from the podcast in which he explained the shop in question and just cut and pasted the copy into the shop with no further thought or inclination towards creativity in a way that Joe Scrabbles both loved and hated. Furthermore, the general consensus being that he is a big smelly doo-doo what can't do nothing right and poo what a stinker. Correct. My client has been mortally wounded. You can see him now sniveling like a wounded lion into a bag of niche interest potato chips. To, to be clear, that the 
the, the the claims leveled against us is that we took the piss out of Log's regular features shop that he put up. And also, Buck, I just want it put out there may, on an may, audio this medium. Is a, this, this is this is sorry. Carry on, carry on. On an audio medium, you said that we could see Log doing it. I think the readers, if we are going to make this fair, should hear Log sniveling like whatever type of dog you said he was. Yes, move the microphone over to Log so we can hear him sniveling like that dog you said. Well, I will will forego the primary use of the microphone device and uh, put it towards my clan, Mr. John from Blythe. That sounds like he's eating twiglets and drinking wine. <laughs> but somehow, I don't know it who... made, somehow it made me sadder than anything else I've heard so far. <laughs> I I asked his partner. I refuse to call him a boyfriend because that is not how we work where I come from. His his living companion. I asked him not to provide him with wine, but yet here we are. I am very sorry. Buck, are you a homophobe? <laughs> well, we learn in a male-only environment, you learn to express love in ways that you wouldn't ideally choose to. Um, p- fist world is a world without women. Mm. It sounds like you've adopted the mannerisms of homophobia along with the accent of the Deep South, which... I don't know, it's problematic. No, no, we plunged our hands happily into each other assholes after erecting a statue of Julian Clary, if you remember. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, this guy's listened back. <laughs> I haven't listened back to that episode, but I do remember that, to be fair. So he's absolutely right. We began as a homophobic town, but we quickly learned to, how to love each other slowly using okay. our clenched hands. Yeah, I feel like people should go to dick.regularfeatures.com and look for episode 333, Fist World Problems, I believe it was called, and uh, and read up on the lore of Fist World, because there's a lot oh, we're rather. not getting, and we were there, so... No, I, I feel like this is the this is like the Matt Smith regeneration of Doctor Who. This is a uh, this is a clean entry point for anyone not familiar with the, the Buck Porchucker mythos. It's all good. I, I disagree, it's but fine. if you if you we'll think that, you, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're yeah, you'll pick it up as you go along. He's from a he's from a world in which punching and fists are the only language that they know. Log has employed him to fight his cause against us. I'm in conflict mediation now. I hate that Buck has an answer for everything we've said based on one feature. If, we, if I had a character I've done once before, I would not. I wouldn't even know what they were called. Never mind have actual good law based answers for everything thrown up. I'm jealous. The hardest, the hardest thing is finding wor- just imagining words that you could say in this voice, like lagoon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so anyway, Joe, I just heard Joe suggested you go to the dickdocregularfeatures.com website, but I would prefer you to instead go to, right now, what is live on the website, regularfeatures.com slash shop, for there is all the evidence you need to put right this wrong. Well, do you know, uh, ju- this gives us an immediate uh benefit versus last week when regularfeatures.com shop was a website that didn't exist so that's that's a real i feel like we're about to be schooled steve 
He's he's already got answers. We tell that to your client, Buck. Um, it's me now. Um, yeah. <laughs> turns out, turns out there's a button you can press and it just makes shop a link instead of index.php slash shop. Mm. So yeah, we please keep your. This is a mediation incident. You are polluting the legal precedence. <laughs> it was only a forty nine ninety nine course. I'm sorry if my language it does not. I don't know if stenographers write down Buck looks confused by his own words, but if they could, that would be great. High among your accusations was that there was not a functioning website, and I would now like to point you towards this website as evidence number one. And um direct you to the immaculate presentation of it and all the items for sale that there are for to purchase therein. Chief amongst them, an item on offer by Mr. Gavin Murphy, who was one of the scandalizers notorious, to use a French (laughs) (laughs) phrase. It's like an agent provocateur. (laughs) Yes, that, oh, I didn't. I didn't know you were a lawyer, Steve. <laughs> well, well, I'm sorry, um, so, Buck. I don't want to break. Like, I feel like we've got to explain to readers that the shop looks different. Uh, the title of it's Welsh. There's three sections. The first section being proper buyables, <laughs> things you can actually buy. Right. The second being the one thousand pound artifact tier. And then thing I'm seeing for the first time is personal services. Personal services. And like and so this is this is the shop page that in the last episode we made fun of Log for having made because it was so chaotic and fucking messy and the PayPal links didn't work. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. And now now fucking Buck Porchucker is here for mediation services. And all of not- the website's contents have changed. My client think- did not <laughs> inform me of any prior states of the website (laughs) so you're divesting yourself of any responsibility for the things that we are apparently selling to people all i have is a list of accusations from your good selves and a website that was presented to me today that seemed to give the lie to your filthy accusations i want to bring up the fact that Buck Porchucker started as a bullying mediator and is now a lawyer? Like, where's that? When did that happen? He keeps throwing out French terms. Bon viveur. And saying that Steve also knows French law terms. I mean, it means I like sweets. <laughs> Don't we all? It, this sounds mostly like a frightening act of disassociation on Log's part, having been bullied by his friends. Now he's invented this man to come and fight his battles on his, on his podcast because we were mean to him about how shit the shop was. Logs had an absolute <laughs> mental break because we said three nasty things about him when he wasn't there. He's redesigned the shop and done a load of mean stuff, what I'm assuming mean stuff, that he's going to make us read. The character you call Log is, is shrinking inside now and he may never (laughs) re-emerge 
if, okay. if you don't want poor, poor Chucker to exist forever this is, in his body. This is like, oh my god. This is quite literally like not quite literally. This is close to the plot of the film Primal Fear. We are living the film Primal Fear with Richard Gere and Ed Norton. So now may I direct your attention, please, to the regular features shop page, which is publicly visible online for any readers who care to join us in this adventure. There is now a new section at the bottom of the page called Personal Services. And um, this, in a frankly unnecessary show of good faith by my client, Mr. Jonathan Blythe, a.k.a. Log, um, he has added these fee- these sale items for you for anybody to purchase, and the, the proceeds going directly into the bank account of the regular features. Um, no, let me correct myself. The bank... Proceeds going directly into Log's bank account. <laughs> <laughs> so um, these are the things he has added as, uh, I can only say, an honorable display. So please, um, first, Mr. Gav Murphy, uh, one of the chief vituperators, um, he, here is his um, item, which is for sale. It is called Gav. Gav will stab you in the back. He is not on the podcast tonight, but I did subpoena him to appear tonight. <laughs> And I will now play that sound clip. Hi, I'm Gav, your best pal, your buddy. You can always count on me to have your back. And by have your back, I mean wait until it's turned and then slag you off rotten. I do it all the time, especially in episode 425 to log. And now I can do it to you for just 30 quid. It's cheap because I love doing it so much. That's right. I will wait until you've left the room and slag you off so hard it'll make you cry while you're driving to B&Q. It'll make you cry while you're driving to Sainsbury's. It'll make you cry while you're driving to Matalan. For an extra five grand, you can listen at the door while I slag you off. Then you can come storming back in and you can enjoy the absolute burning outrage when you see my face light up as I effortlessly pretend to like you again. So that's just £5,030 for the full Gav Murphy experience of treachery and lies. That'll hold a little SOB (laughs) and his fucking chaotic shop. (laughs) Thank you, Gav. Thank you for obeying with the law of the land by obeying the subpoena that I delivered unto you in person in a Chevrolet. (laughs) (laughs) There are other feet. There are other th- items for sale on there. Um, Steve, would you care to read your Adam? Oh, okay. So yeah, there's an item on here for me. Would you like to read? Can you read for the court the name okay. of your item for sale, please? What okay, court? So, <laughs> what court are we in? <laughs> the court of public opinion, the only one that matters. So it's called Steve Hogarty will let your dog have a go in his mouth. <laughs> I so for a start, I definitely never agreed to any of this, and I think if you put it on the internet and offer it, I think that might be a legally binding thing that you're not allowed to do. I think we're on a launch day sale as well. It's marked down from twenty five pounds to fifteen pounds. Why are you incentivizing it even more than it? Because <laughs> people are going to go in for like the early early bird bonus. The early bird catches the worms that are on this podcast. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> to be fair, <laughs> it's got a, a lovely picture of a of a German Shepherd dog with his tongue hanging out. He's got really and sad like, eyes. 
It's got a little circle in the top left corner with sale exclamation point. <laughs> I think I, I know we haven't read what this says yet, but Steve, would you let that dog have a go in your mouth? Okay, let's read it and see what I think. Okay, okay. I think that mm. would be for the wisest decision for the court. <laughs> Didn't realise <laughs> it's you, listed with an S with a skew, like a games console. <laughs> like a legal skew. There's a barcode that you could use for this. Barcode. Nice. <laughs> Hi, I'm Steve Hogarty from the Regular Features Podcast. And if you know anything about me, you'll know I'm batty for dogs. So when Log asked me to log into the back end of our website and offer a highly personalized service, I didn't have to think twice. I, Steve Hogarty, will let your dog have a go in my mouth. Let me reassure you, this won't be the first time I've had a dog having a right good go on my face. I have looked after my good friend Gav's dog on several occasions, and anyone looking through the windows could have been forgiven for thinking that I was under ferocious attack from an extremely tenacious face hugger. I fully realise that the phrase, have a go in my mouth, leaves room for interpretation that your imagination may well be filling. So let me reassure you once again by stating that I have no intention of clarifying what the phrase actually means. Does it mean I'll put a biscuit in my mouth and allow your German shepherd to rummage around in there with his tongue? I can neither confirm nor deny this version of events. Anyway, stop asking questions. Time is running out. You have 20 minutes after payment to deliver your dog to the helipad of my tower block and (laughs) drop the crate containing your pet into the neon-lit jacuzzi. At this point... I will slither from a ventilation shaft and squirm across the storm-drenched tarmac, following the scent of fur and anxiety. My large, yet docile, assistant will erect a privacy parasol so the secret process doesn't appear on Google Earth. And, once we are irreversibly ensconced, the whole process usually takes about half an hour. Some growling is normal and should not alarm you. Please note that all payments and dogs are non-returnable. Thank you, Steve. Is this (laughs) something that you deny that is on this website? (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't deny that that is literally what I've read off the website, and I can literally... Thank you, I have no more questions. (laughs) I can add five to my cart if I wanted to. That would be most generous and much appreciated. <laughs> Obviously, Buck is first and foremost in the, the viewfinder on our, our video chat, but I have to point out, I could see Log during the reading of that, and I've never seen a man drink wine with a bigger smile. <laughs> there's a fucking, there's an apply coupon. There's a coupon <laughs> button. Who the fuck has a coupon for me to suck off the fucking dog? Are we on honey? Can you apply automatic coupons to this? All Patreons will be being mailed coupons. <laughs> I'm one click away from checking out on a £75 debit card charge to, to suck off a bunch of dogs <laughs> that I provide to myself. Joseph Scrabbles, I believe there is an item 
for sale on your behalf also. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a picture of a balding man with a grimace, which I think is unfair. I believe it is the the Google was a, the Google search result for the filthiest man in the world. <laughs> it says Joe Scrabbles will debase himself like the low beast that he is. I'm also on sale, my service. <laughs> but my markdown is more significant than Steve's. <laughs> I'm down from £22,545 to £50, but there is only one left in stock. I'll read the description. <clears throat> oh, what it is to be Joe Scrabbles. Oh, oh, the daily chore of moving this damp bag of offal that houses my corrupted soul. Its only motive to consume enough of the world's filth that my wretched form might persist for another foul cycle. Cast not your gaze upon me, your radiance shames me. Oh, noble reader, let me regale you with a sample tale of my squalor that you might purchase my most secret vial. <clears throat> Barely a month ago, I was shuffling through a meadow, and a beast of the field fixed me with an impertinent glare. Its eyes burned through me, seeing my sin as easily as the crow spies the cream in a bottle of milk. Enraged that a cud-chewing pat-spurter might presume to judge me, I ran at it, arms wheeling. The long strips of my tattered shirt, it seems, give the appearance of the fringed jacket of a cowboy. For shortly after, stories began to circulate of an exotic visitor to Canterbury, a transatlantic cattle wrangler who rode a Frisian steed. At the same time, people would cross the road to spit on me, Joe Scrabbles, in the vain hope that their spittle would dilute my ghastly exoskeleton of feces. Their lips still wet from tittle-tattle, their spittle spattered my shit-smeared nose and ripped tattered clothes. After hours of tolerating this injustice, it became too much for me to bear. I rose from Lake of Cow Dung and approached a family as they whispered, whispered of this cowboy. I am this thrilling fellow, I bellowed. Behold the exotic fringed jacket of which you whisper. I stood my arms out like Christ of the Sacred Heart, ready to accept my new position in society. The daughter of the family exclaimed, wielding the cruel blade of innocence, You're dripping shit on my chicken burger? I turned and flinched, bringing both arms to my forehead, and whip the whipping motion of my fringes, sending two wet slices of cow dung streaking across the mother. You whipped two. Oh wait! You whipped two streaks of shit across my amazing tits, you grotty Bernard! The mother bellowed, and I span away in horror at my unintended spatter. Oh, let me tell you now that spinning was an ill-advised manoeuvre. The entire Nando's franchise became beige with a Catherine wheel of filth. Not a table was spared, not a single meal untainted. I departed shortly thereafter, noting with sadness how quickly humanity can travel from vomiting and screaming to heckles and boos. I ask you, who is the real monster? Not I.
If you wish to hear another tale of my low antics, stamp up the cash because I'm a mean, hurtful man who says bad things. 50 pounds. You sound like a rotten specimen, and I do not know how you dare to judge past judgment on my client. (laughs) (laughs) I have one last piece of testimony that I would like to play right now. Hi, I'm Matt Lees. And the reason I've not been on the podcast for a while is because I'm a real friend. And I foresaw that the time would come when those rotten, mean boys would hurt Log's feelings. And now I'd like to extend that same service to the regular features readers. For just 700 tiny pounds, I will not be there when someone slags you off. And for twice that minuscule amount, I will let you imagine me saying the following reassuring phrases. They're just jealous because they lack your need for constant reassurance. Your problem is you're too talented and far-sighted to be appreciated in your own lifetime. And what's that? Have you hurt your knee? Oh, let me kiss it better. Oh, there you go. All better. No more boo-boo. Uh-oh. Your other knee is feeling left out. I think he wants a kiss, too. (laughs) There. Oh, I've never seen two happier knees. Oh, it's, 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 it's getting to me. Now, you get back on your pony and canter into space like the pioneering young horse astronaut that you are. You see... I am Matt Lees, and I would never have been mean about a botched WordPress installation. And for just £700, <laughs> I cannot be mean to you, too. Also, sorry I haven't been on the podcast for ages. I've just been having a very gradual breakdown, and it's, it's a good idea to take a break from things. I love everybody. Bye! Well, I'm sure I didn't ask for your life story. (laughs) I was about to say that that's the first time I felt actually bad for any of this, and then you ruined it. (laughs) Nah, fucking good to hear, Matt, innit? So, there it is. I put it to you that I rest my case in the eyes of the Lord. May God have mercy on your souls. Mr. Blythe, can you please come back to the microphone? I am dying of tuberculosis and would appreciate it if you took this listening contraption from my mouth so that I can punch my way out of your house and die like a man in the gutter. Um, yeah, uh, I was sat in the background for that. Did everything go okay there? Did you kind of get the gist of what was going on? I didn't realise but poor Chucker was doing this while he was dying of TB. Like, yeah, they he, didn't have the might, BCG in Fist World. They punched it in. That's not a good way to administer right. a they syringe. Could, they, they dipped their fist in a big bucket of vaccine and punched it into their arms. Yeah, because it, it seemed a bit dangerous to punch a syringe directly into the arm. So they laid the they lay the syringe flat against the bicep and just mm. punched it against that. And that's well, it's just another reason why. Fistworld wasn't a viable town. Mm. Well, I think if we learned any lessons, is is it that we can't make fun of Log because <laughs> he's got more website privileges than we do? Yeah, I reckon. I think that's. I th- I'm, I'm. I'm not a petty man, but I think that's probably what you should take out of it. <laughs> I forgot. I, I forgot. I did one for myself. Might as well read it now. I'm here, and it is called 
Log will find it in his heart to forgive you. Hi, I'm Log, and for just five pounds, I will find it in my heart to forgive you. I don't even want to know what you've done. In fact, let's never talk of this again. You were just being thoughtless. It's easily done. I'm sure I've done or said something just as stupid and hurtful in my long years on this unkind planet. So let's just put this behind us. Move on, okay? Good. I'm I'm glad we can be just grown up about this. And while I've got your attention, I'm currently offering a forgive-and-forget bundle that comes with a cast-iron guarantee that I won't throw this back in your face the next time I'm upset, for whatever reason. And you know what a pissy little prick I can be, so if you're going to plump for anything, this is the one you should be plumping for. Have you paid your money? Good. Thank you. Now let's do a jingle, eh? Ooh, squirty, squirty, you squirty birdie. Ooh, squirty, squirty, you dirty birdie. Hey, well, that's it for this week's episode of the Regular Features Podcast. If you like the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features and help us out by pledging an amount per episode. Or you can go to regularfeatures.com forward slash shop. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't see why, all of the... <laughs> I don't see why that's a joke. <laughs> and you can you can see some of the fucking great ways you can support us there with t-shirts and things. Oh, literally, there are t-shirts you can buy. I there forgot are to mention that. There they are, are the leftover t- there t-shirts. Are, there are real t-shirts and there are things that you could buy. Hmm. I would like to shout out some of our most recent patrons. Uh, some readers who have just jumped aboard the patron parade. And in order to celebrate them, I would like you to give them B names. Can you please give a B name to Kami Toman? Honey Bee Man. And one B name, please, for David Thatcher. Well, we're both thinking roofs, aren't we? Spunk your honey down my chimney, Mr. Thatcher. Yeah, that one. And finally, a B name for Rowan Buchanan. Roaming Bee Family. <laughs> ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hive, hive to hive makes you feel alive. <laughs> yep. Roaming Bee Family, hive to hive makes you feel alive. Won't fit on a Twitter handle. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Regular Features Podcast. Thank you for listening, and good night. Night. Guten Nacht, mein Lieblings. Regular Ficheros.